0: Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week we're discussing innovation in Scotland following the publication last month of an innovation strategy by the Scottish Government. To discuss this is Professor Sir Jim Macdonald, Principal of the University of Strathclyde, President of the Royal Academy of Engineering and Co-Chair of the Steering Group for the Scottish Innovation Strategy. Professor Macdonald, welcome to the podcast.
1: Good morning, Gavin. Good to see you.
0: So let's start off. How would you describe the current state of innovation in Scotland and the, the key building blocks for Scottish innovation going forward?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I mean, what has pleased me in recent years, Gavin, is that the narrative around innovation has started to become a bit more dynamic in Scotland. That used to be woven into you know research, and knowledge exchange and innovation. I think the penny has dropped now that innovation is now a real opportunity to stimulate and recast the Scottish economy. And it's not some ephemeral thing that happens uh, magically. But if you put innovation at the front of industrial activity, translation of research, the creation of skills and the confidence to pursue innovation, it makes a difference. And uh, if you look across the Scottish landscape, which, of course, naturally resonates with what's going on in the UK more widely, we can see some really interesting examples of innovation in action. Uh, in terms of the infrastructure, I mean, there are seven innovation centres in Scotland funded through the Scottish Government and its agencies, uh, you know, Scottish Funding Council, Scottish Enterprise, everything from digital health and care innovation, industrial biotech, precision medicine, uh, and the likes. But there are six UK catapults very active in Scotland as well which again shows you that, if I may comment as an engineer, that whole systems approach to the connectivity between, you know, the Scottish system, the rest of the UK, and and very interesting perils that you see have emerged over the past decade, like, you know, having Fraunhofer-Gesellschaft here in the UK, based in Scotland in Glasgow, adjacent to my campus, around uh, applied photonics, and... What's been exciting for me is to see things like the city deals and the growth deals that have come through UK and Scottish government having innovation placed at their heart. Originally, the Glasgow city deal, which uh, Lord Willits was heavily involved in when he was in government. I remember meeting him with the leadership of Glasgow City Council when the first city deal came to Scotland. There wasn't enough innovation in that city deal. It was about infrastructure. It was about Investment around uh, transport and lights, which is good. But the subsequent city deals, which I also talked to uh, in advance of that experience, like Aberdeen and Edinburgh, have really raised the game on innovation at the heart of these. As a consequence, we have the Energy Technology Zone in Aberdeen, we have things like the Robotarium up here in Edinburgh that came through the city deal. And here in, in Glasgow, and I have to say Strathclyde has been pivotal in this, we have created the Scotland's first innovation district the Glasgow City Innovation District, bringing the very best of research from Strathclyde, from our sister universities in the area. We have the Advanced Manufacturing Innovation District, and only last week, the First Minister opened the National Manufacturing Institute for Scotland, and adjacent to that, CPI, has the Medicines Manufacturing Innovation Centre. So And lots more besides the BioQuarter in Edinburgh, the Michelin Scotland Innovation Park in Dundee, we're starting to see a percolation of an understanding that innovation isn't some abstract concept. It's something that you can really drive by putting high quality research intensive universities at the heart of it, bringing business expenditure and R&D together. But quite frankly, Gavin, what's been missing, and hopefully this strategy can support it, is an overarching strategy that puts innovation at the heart of economic development.
0: So that sounds like a really exciting starting place to have a strategy. And you've been involved in this steering group pulling that strategy together. Just before we dive into the detail of what's in it, tell me a little bit about the process. How have you gone about pulling this strategy together? Who else has been involved?
1: Yeah, the uh, originally I, I was I was delighted to be invited to co-chair with the uh, Minister Ivan McKee, whose uh, portfolio covered industry and innovation. Uh, and uh, with him and his officials, we talked about making sure that we had a, a you know, broad based but high-quality group that came together for the steering group. So we had people from the uh, investment community, uh, we had entrepreneurs, we had you know, senior academics, we had people from cross-sectoral uh, industries. So uh, if you might say, Gavin, I think it epitomized the very best of the triple helix representation, you know, public, private and academic sector representation. Now, once we started to frame out the uh you know the priorities what we wanted to do uh, it then triggered a number of uh, related work streams so members of the steering committee in particular chaired subsets of individuals so it allowed us to have a much broader church of people that came in from a broader uh you know business and industry background further academic contribution and and I have to say very interestingly a lot of in, a lot of input. Uh, and enthusiasm from the investment and entrepreneurial community, who were initially intrigued, which is a nice euphemism, uh, and they went from being intrigued to being quite excited about what they could do to participate.
0: Well, let's get some of that excitement and actually dive into what's in the strategy. As it's been published, there are four programmes of action. and, And the first one is Building successful innovation clusters. So, tell me a bit about that. What are these clusters? What has been chosen and why, I guess?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, as you'll be very well aware, uh, you know, cluster theory 101 has been around for many decades. So, what I would suggest is that, you know, uh, that's well understood, but it's never been terribly well executed except from, from a handful of very high quality examples, like in Boston and uh, life and biosciences. And, Uh, Silicon Valley, you know, you look across Hong Kong, Singapore, and of course, uh, around London. But what we're seeing here is an authentic representation of what clusters look like in Scotland. So the recipe uh, is often different, but the ingredients are always the same. High quality research capability, great talent uh industrial capability large-scale companies because we you know very often and understandably we often trigger to smes and startups and spin-outs and they are key parts of a vibrant innovation-led economy but much of the high-end investment and the capacity and quite frankly the uh maturity will come from large companies so so clusters allow you to get that balance between large oems large tier one companies And then having them, quite frankly, through a process of self-interest to build up an innovation, uh, uh, an exciting and sustainable uh, supply chain that sits around it. So that cluster approach, it started to emerge. And, and, you know, Scotland had quite a number of, you know, existing clusters. And when the team in, uh, you know, Scottish Government, supported by Scottish Enterprise uh, and others started to look at the detail, it was very clear that if we resonated this with the Scottish Government's priorities, And we saw what the the nascent capability was in Scotland and the existing clusters. Energy was a very obvious one, Gavin. So that energy transition cluster where we are in Scotland, which again is true for the UK more generally, hydrogen generation and infrastructure, very important part of the net zero journey. So let's make economic opportunity turn into uh, companies, jobs, investment, export markets. Same is true for storage and transport. Floating offshore wind, I I was involved in writing a report for the Scottish Government 18 months ago, recognising there was up to about £5 billion opportunity if we can get the Scottish ports aligned with the manufacturing capability to feed into Scotland to produce 28 gigawatts of offshore wind. So again, plainly put, taking that systems approach to objective infrastructure, investment, and then execution. And the same was true for health and life sciences. Uh, you know, an energy, fantastic research base across Scotland, same is true for health and life sciences, precision medicine, and uh, what's going on across the east and west and north of the country. But looking at digital health, precision medicine, and then washing that through to the opportunities in industrial biotechnology, uh, animal health, agri-tech, and the aquacultures. So, so these clusters are not narrow. They're very high end. So in many ways, the two verticals has been net zero in energy and health and life sciences. And the two uh, horizontals, which cuts across just about every sector, but certainly those two, is data and digital technologies. There's AI, data analytics, and washing that all the way through to, you know, femtech and GovTech. How does this hit the public sector and how do we get greater degrees of diversity and inclusivity in these sectors? And then quantum, photonics, fintech, real opportunities. And we can see right across Scotland's universities, deep, internationally calibrated excellence, but also the clustering of companies, large and small, that can get that critical mass built. That's the first horizontal. And the second horizontal, very obviously, is advanced manufacturing. As an engineer, I think we need to make things. And as an engineer, it's been an observation for mine for the past 20, 30 years. The UK doesn't make enough things. So advanced manufacturing needs to be raised here, whether it's industry 4.0, zero technology, robotics, analytics, digital twin, right through to additive manufacturing and the likes. That framework, Gavin, I would say, just have that picture. It's a a nice matrix, two verticals on energy and health, and two horizontals on data and manufacturing. That's the starting point. It's not an exclusive structure, because we're hoping in the years to come, because remember, this is a 10-year plan. That new clusters will naturally emerge and they can fit within that framework.
0: So we've got the clusters. We've got the framework. It's a great starting point for action and activity. I guess my question is, what are the kinds of actions and activities that are needed to develop and nurture and push through in those clusters?
1: Sure. So uh, there's the... Magic ingredient of leadership and vision. So if we take the advanced manufacturing, if I just give you a quick storyboard on that, Gavin, that started about 12 years ago. I I hold the Rolls-Royce Chair in Electrical Systems, and I was approached by Rolls-Royce to see if we could create a sister to the Sheffield Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre in forging and forming. So in partnership between myself and then Keith Ridgeway, who was really the father of the MRC, now works with me at Strathclyde, uh, we talked with Rolls-Royce and Boeing in particular about creating this capability. That kernel of investment attracted about £20 million pounds then from Scottish Enterprise, so again, you can see the public sector coming behind that industrial vision, and that industrial vision being fueled by the academic capability and the collaboration, which is another key aspect. If we hadn't had the AFRC, the Advanced Forming Research Centre, we would not have become part of the UK's high value manufacturing catapult. If we hadn't had that, I wouldn't have, with others, Rolls-Royce, Siemens, uh, and and, and uh, HVMC, have thought about NMIS. So the key thing is conversations, sharing of a uh, common purpose, and then recognising what the asset base looks like. Great research, industrial investment, public sector facilitation. Those are the ingredients, Gavin, but as I said earlier, the recipe is often different, but the ingredients are always the same. So depending on the sector... You know, for example, uh, you know, fintech is dominated by lots of small micro companies through to SMEs, so how you do it will change, but what you need to do is always the same. Vision, commitment, a decent risk appetite, a complete commitment to innovation, and remembering – and let's use the Fraunhofer again as an example – Fraunhofer is part of the German innovation architecture, is over 60 years old. So. Absolutely, we should try new things. But if we're going to make innovation and be placed at the heart of the economy, we need to realise this is decades plus commitment, like the catapults, like the innovation centres, like, hopefully, this innovation strategy so that it doesn't become another firework display for the government, and then a year later, nothing has happened. So we need to mobilise industry. We need to get a stickability piece by government that recognises this isn't just a, a paper that's going to get some excitement for six months, it has to be a blueprint that sets the direction of travel that we commit to.
0: Yes, I can see that. And there are so many strategies that you and I have both seen uh, where that hasn't always happened, and and that is very frustrating. I wanted to ask you, uh, one of the other pillars in the strategy is an innovation investment programme. So what are the plans there? What's the thinking behind it?
1: Let me play the, the record again, Gavin. This is this is like taking a systems approach. To, if you look at what Scottish government and its agencies commit to innovation on an annual basis, it will be around £500 million. Pounds. And arguably, depending on how you count, it could be even more than that. However, it's spread across multiple uh, programmes. It's spread across many departments, many agencies. And as a consequence, It's not that that individual grouping of funding doesn't make a difference, but what it does do, it loses a degree of cohesion and it loses a, a, a degree of mutual leverage. So the intention here is that innovation investment program is to get behind, of course, the translation of great research from the Scottish universities, but get behind SME clusters get behind the support for SMEs to engage in innovation. And if we can then take, it's not about removing these budgets from the individual agencies, but Scottish Funding Council, Scottish Enterprise, Skills Development Scotland. We have the Scottish National Investment Bank. Uh, We have, and I'm delighted to see an increasingly close working relationship between Scottish Enterprise and Innovate UK. We have the British Business Bank. If we get up to that systems level, And we see all the prospective sources of investment and support for innovation. I think the impact of very much greater degrees of cohesion, innovation funding will give us a much greater outcome and impact. And as soon as we do that, I think we demonstrate what a cohesive plan has delivered. And we get the confidence that this is not some magical process. It's about prioritisation, cohesion of the funding, and then focus, focus, focus. Because once we start building the momentum, that will give, pr- particularly the private equity community, much more confidence that we know what we're doing. And if we behave more professionally and more uh, outcome-oriented, uh, then I suspect this will start to build a momentum of its own. So th- this this piece is very much more about cohesion, transparency, mutual leverage, and recognizing that we, of course, need the, the government's money. But the government's money is only going to scrape at this, Gavin. If we're going to really move the dial on innovation impacts, we're going to need the multiple uh, orders of magnitude up on the uh, government's investment to crowd in private sector investment. And you know, we'll talk about this shortly. I'm sure. How will I know this is working? It's when I start to see much more private equity and much more industrial funding getting in behind innovation activity.
0: Well, we'll certainly come to how's the strategy working in a moment, but I just wanted to pick up the other two things that are specifically mentioned in the strategy just to get your views on them. One of them is plans for an entrepreneurship and commercialization program. What's this all about? Uh, Who's involved in this?
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, you would naturally uh, imagine, and I wouldn't disappoint you by uh, the dissuading you, but the university sector will be at right at the heart of this as well. Scotland has 19 higher education institutions. It's like got eight research intensives. And it might be interesting for you to know that between Edinburgh, Strathclyde, and Glasgow universities over the past decade, we've done as much commercialisation and investment activity than the Cambridge uh, circle. So that is a good benchmark because that, that's an outstanding, you know, world-leading benchmark. But sometimes we don't uh, sing our own praises in Scotland enough, and we don't necessarily promote and understand ourselves what the benefits are of what we've been doing. So the key here is, uh, of course, a new investment fund and a research commercialisation action plan. The good thing is that is yet to be produced, Gavin. So it's it's a this is a. Uh, as it were, a a marker on this uh, investment strategy that says over the course of the next six months, the plans will roll out. We will be engaging with more partners. And the key thing, that research commercialisation plan means that we need to get even more effective investing in what's coming out of our universities. Deep tech, deep science, not exclusively those, but certainly around that innovation programme, what we'll be seeking to do is is couch this and it's important for you to understand this innovation strategy sits across a cluster of things that are going on in Scotland. Uh, it might be intriguing for you to know that the Scottish government a year ago appointed their first chief entrepreneur, a man called Mark Logan, who comes from the uh, the tech sector. He was uh, an exec in Skyscanner that was one of Scotland's unicorns. And Mark, to his credit, involved, and I was part of his uh, advisory group on the Scottish Technology ecosystem review, where we took a business entrepreneur, engaged them with business sector partners, academics such as myself, and we took a view at the whole system in Scotland. That allowed us to map out the need for greater investment in digital technology, in entrepreneurship, and in innovation. So this innovation strategy resonates with what was called STAIR, Scottish Technology Ecosystem Roadmap. And what we need to do now is build that commercialization plan. We need for example, a company called Par Equity is just building a very significant fund of about 100 million pounds, led by Paul Atkinson, who was one of the members of my innovation strategy steering board, and building up that bridge of that two to five million pound stage investment in startups and commercialization. So there's lots and lots of money at Seed. There's actually quite a lot of money at that 10 million plus, you know, the multiple tens, That gap in there, which stops very often growth to the the, the A round and going to the B round is key. So what we're starting to see is that professionalisation and the recognition that we need that commercialisation strategy to drive out the opportunity, not just from universities, because they're really smart innovators, entrepreneurs and uh, investors out there as well. So what you'll see in the next six months is a cohesive pan-Scotland commercialisation plan, It will be inspired by what's going on in the very best places in the world. But very importantly, it will be tuned to the Scottish ecosystem. I'm bound to say, as a father of uh, three engineers, two of whom are females, we need to remember that commercialisation, entrepreneurship, innovation will be driven much harder by greater degrees of equality, diversity and inclusivity. Anna Stewart is just a, a businesswoman and entrepreneur, has just finished a piece of work for the Scottish government to show that we need female entrepreneurship in here to drive up the degrees of innovation and the capability to grow that uh, cache of great ideas. And let's never forget that it's very often pegged in at the back end of a strategy. Be no doubt that diversity and inclusivity and you know, the Harvard Business School will tell you unequivocally, you'll get greater degrees of innovation and in entrepreneurship, the more diverse and inclusive your teams are. And, and I'm determined. Uh, as far as I possibly can in this system to make sure that that sits at the heart of what we're trying to do.
0: Now that's a really important message and I know it's something that a lot of people have been focusing on. The last sort of major area included in the strategy is a national productivity program and again talk us through this what does it mean how will it work? So
1: again recognising that productivity will be enhanced profitability, uh, you know, uh, strategic engagement with markets, uh, the more innovative companies are. Large companies get that. Sometimes large companies get it, but still can't implement it, but they get it. But uh, in many ways, this is about supporting companies on that growth journey to recognise that innovation isn't a nice to have, but it's something really important to do. So in many ways, making the journey on innovation much more seamless, Gavin. So recognizing that uh, not only having pockets of money to support companies at certain stages, but having an understanding of which part of government and the private sector investment community uh, are key in to a a growth company's journey. So uh, for example, the, uh, the innovation productivity plan will sit alongside that cluster network. We talked about net zero and energy transition, life sciences, data, and manufacturing. That will naturally catalyse, and much of what already exists, large clusters. So we want to get productivity support that sits around the SME, the supply chain partners, the startups, the scale-ups that sit around these, these clusters. And that means, for example, Scottish Enterprise can have a fundamentally important and enhanced role here by putting innovation at the heart of their support structures. So uh, it, it's very important that we see... Uh, innovation, not as some uh, abstract notion, but we get training and development in there. We we help raise the level of ambition for these leaders of these small companies who are obviously focusing on making the payroll. But the key thing is the clusters act as a support infrastructure where their big clients are there, uh, resident other small companies are there. The offering that they bring together enhances their bottom line, their balance sheets, and the scale of the market opportunity that they're going into. So, again, we have to go beyond, you know, the generalities of, uh, you know, productivity is good. Yeah, we know that. Innovation is great. Completely sign up to that. It's about starting to get practical examples that we can start to promote, to celebrate, and then replicate. So, so, I I mean, to, to use the cliche, Gavin, the key thing for me in the next couple of years is we need to get to a few tipping points, and we need to get the advocacy of those that are participating, rather than the advocacy of of those that have been involved in generating this strategy. It has to be those that are benefiting from what this is seeking to achieve that will really get the momentum building.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that momentum, because we touched on this slightly earlier. We have a strategy, but is it going to work? Is it just going to be a a bit of paper? How do you know it's working? How are you going to measure that it's working?
1: Sure. The, so w- w- we have also drafted in the the innovation strategy. This a uh, clear idea, and you know the the, the, the concept from uh, Lord Kelvin about you know if you can't uh, measure it, then you can't control it or optimize it. To paraphrase them. so that innovation scorecard that we talk about in the report is really important. You know, from concept to convert to commercialize. So it's about you know how do we see the, the scale and the quality of the ideas com- coming through and that universities are natural sure. homes for that you know we we'll have get fantastic academic staff researchers PhD students those that support us through our research knowledge exchange and Innovation teams but what we have to think about is you know we cannot we can obviously mark off key things like patents generated uh, you know startups and spin-outs we should count things. I, I would always caution that counting them it could perhaps take us into their own comfort zone. It has to be about quality, impact, and sustainability. Because we could generate, you know, one hundred and one startup companies that don't have much of a runway, and we'll think we're doing well, but five years later, none of them are left because they didn't really have a great commercialization strategy. Simply, the conversion is key. Uh, and this idea of you know going from seed through round growth. And I'd love to see over the next few years, you know, greater, uh, you know, IPOs. Uh, You know, again, the notion Scotland's had a a couple of very high profile unicorns over recent years. I won't put a number against this, but over the course of the next five to 10 years, seeing high quality startups and spinouts coming up, seeing the degree of private equity uh, investment companies, angel uh, investors really flocking towards Scotland. And it's starting to happen, Gavin. Uh, you know through that stair, that Scottish technology ecosystem roadmap we're starting to invest in things like investor conferences, uh, you know tech conferences and shows. now these are part of an ecosystem, but they're very good early indicators of interest. And the key thing if mean, you start to put people together with good ideas, great talent, uh, and of course money, things happen and some of it happens by design. But uh, as friends of mine say in the investment research and the entrepreneurship community, just remember, serendipity doesn't happen by accident. And uh, what we should try and do is is design what we're trying to have, but be confident enough that we're creating an ecosystem that should take a life of its own. And the last thing, of course, is, is commercializing. We've talked about that. Uh, we have to get even better at the commercialization. And we'll do that better by sharing. And one thing that we didn't touch on, which I'll mention, But a number of universities, including Strathclyde, Edinburgh and Glasgow, are already underway in co-investing in the creation of a Scottish Innovation Fund. Now, that's about collaboration, shared vision and talking about building a fund. Again, another one sitting alongside some of those that I mentioned of the £100 million scale, where we co-invest, where we create the uh, investment environment that crowds in the private sector. And that's the key, Gavin universities can't do this on their own the government can't do do it on its own business and industry and entrepreneurs need that framework but we need their money their ambition and their risk-taking so back to what we said at the very start underpinning all of this is collaboration big vision as much leadership as we can bring to the fore and last but not least public private and academic sector collaboration and I, I think this is off to a good start, but ask me in another year and I'll tell you whether or not I remain my uh, at my high level of optimism. I would like to think I will do, but time will tell.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's all the time that we have, but we'll certainly ask you in another year how it's going. Professor Sir Jim MacDonald, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Professor Sir Jim MacDonald, Principal of the University of Strathclyde, President of the Royal Academy of Engineering and Co-Chair of the Steering Group for the Scottish Innovation Strategy. The strategy that we've been discussing can be found on the website of the Scottish Government at www.gov.scot/forward/publications. Meanwhile, details of the work of the Foundation for Science and Technology, including our events, blogs, journals, and all previous editions of this podcast, can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. Until the next time, goodbye.